Welcome back to Payday, the first podcast for global payroll professionals. I'm your host, David Barak. Today, I'm joined by Pete Tiliakos of Nelson Hall. Pete's recently published a new report on the global payroll services market, and he's here today to share some of his findings. Payroll has to be a key element in their HR transformation decision-making. And really, it has to tie into all the things that are being done, both technically and otherwise in the organization culturally, to, you know, to give employees the, the capabilities and the tools they need to do their jobs and hopefully promote wellness all around for them financially, mentally, and, and otherwise. We'll be talking about buyer trends and vendor trends in the global payroll space. So welcome to part one of our conversation with Pete Tiliakos. Hi, Pete. Welcome to the Payday Podcast. Good to have you back on. Yeah, likewise. I'm really excited to be here. It's one of my favorite podcasts. How have you been? Been good, man. It's been great. Uh, very busy. Payroll is hot right now, so it's um, it's a key topic. Yeah, and, and Pete, I know um, you've recently published a new report on the payroll space, and uh, I've ha- I've had a chance to review it. You and I, re- you know, connected a little bit earlier in the year, and thought, you know, it'd be really good to have a conversation about some of the key findings within the report around buyer perspectives, around some of the trends in the space and and even the vendor landscape as it's evolved, right? The pandemic's yeah. really created a lot of clarity around the payroll function. It's probably elevated it. It's also exposed a lot of its vulnerabilities. So it's, it's really going to be interesting to see what's been new in this report um, as opposed to last year's research. So welcome back to the show. Um, I thought I'd kick off by just getting a quick introduction from you. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the uh, HR Technology and Services Research Director at Nelson Hall. Uh, and I also lead our research uh, personally. I'm an analyst, obviously, and uh, and cover the payroll services space, the mm-hmm. global payroll as well as single, single country services, um, as well as HCM technology, the platforms, the major platforms that are out there. Um, and then also have recently launched uh, Global Employer of Record Research, which is uh, very similar to kind of the domestic PEO model that a lot of firms are using to uh, step into new countries and tap into talent in other, other markets. What's new about the buyer view today? What did you learn from the report and from your conversations uh, with the payroll buyers and even HCM buyers that really struck you as new from the reports you've done in the past? Yeah, you know, I, I think that um, it's probably an understatement to say that payroll has become important, right? It, mm-hmm. it always was, and it was always very critical, but I think it's been really thrust to the forefront of um, transformation decision-making now, because I think there was a lot of firms that got caught in a really bad situation um, when things sort of started to unfold with the lockdown. Um, employees started to get dispersed. Uh, it became hard to move money. All those things I think exposed operating models and many firms looked at their payroll uh, previously, I think as, you know, out of sight, out of mind, it's down in the basement, they're cutting checks. That's all they do. Um, Mm -hmm. But the reality of it is it was, it's so much more. Um, It touches so much more of the employee experience than I think um, firms maybe realize um, and has a real impact to compliance and other risk factors if it's not done right. So, you know, I think more than ever payroll has just really become critical and, and really important. And it's become clearly in focus for many firms who are looking to uh, to modernize and, and bring their solutions forward so that they're not in this situation as, as we go ahead. Yeah. And I think one of the things I found interesting in the report, it said that some 85% of buyers confirmed that payroll transformation was either underway or planned 
coming out of the pandemic. Was that surprising to you? And, and how did some of these organizations define payroll transformation, right? That's such, that's such a subjective term sometimes. Yeah, so we asked that of the buyers, obviously in all of our reports, we, we, we don't just speak to vendors. We, we love to uh, speak to their buyers and, and what they're doing and what they're thinking about the services, and not just currently, but how they'll, they'll deploy those in the future. Um, and 85% of those buyers told us that they are either underway with a transformation effort uh, or had planned to continue uh, with those uh, with that transformation over the next few years. Um, and I think that that's, um, you know, really, like I said, just really a lot of it is accelerating digitalization. Mm -hmm. um, on the other hand, you have a lot of multinational firms that obviously need to consolidate. They need to get get a hold of some better reporting. You know, when you're when you're dealing with these fragmented solutions, bunch of connected systems, oftentimes it's hard to get a good handle on on a, on a clear data set that's that's usable. So. I think what's really what's really happened is, is that firms are looking at their operating models. They're saying, hey, where do we need to make some adjustments and where do we need to to modernize things to bring it forward? Um, and fundamentally, I think that, you know, the reality of it is, is that not one size fits all. And I think every one of these firms are often on a different transformation journey. And that can be, you know, none of them are starting in the same place and none of them are really going to move at the same pace. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of support that's out there from managed service providers, and there's a lot of flexibility that's coming into play to really help buyers achieve the, the transformation that they need to uh, achieve to, to mm -hmm. get themselves in a better position moving ahead. You know, Pete, one of the things we've really seen is that the employee experience has become front and center, and, and a lot of it has changed as well. What passes for a workplace perk is very different coming mm -hmm. out of COVID than what, you know, it's, it's not the cafeteria coffee machine. There are yeah. different things that organizations are looking at. So do you think that that focus on employee experience has really come into the payroll organization as well? Do you see that being thought about a lot more than it had been in the past? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You're, you're, you're right. I think employee experience was already a very, very much front of mind for HR leaders, particularly as they're trying to you know, attract, retain and develop their top talent um, and just compete for talent. But I think what's happened is, is that you know, the recognition or the realization that 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 payroll really sits at the core of all of that. Right. And if you, you know, you can have all the best intentions in the world and all of the best technology, user experiences, whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, if you don't deliver on payroll as part of as really the, the, the underlying vehicle of some of that experience, um, it really erodes the trust. It, it erodes the ability to to stay engaged with employees and it, and it, it ultimately erodes their uh, ability to you know, your ability to maintain your relationship in that way. So I think what's happened is, is, is folks are realizing and firms are realizing that payroll has to be a key element in their HR transformation decision-making. Um, and really it has to tie into all of the things that are being done both technically and otherwise in the organization culturally, um, to, you know, to give employees the, the capabilities and the tools they need to do their jobs, be efficient, um, and hopefully promote wellness all around for them financially, mentally, and, and otherwise. Yeah, and you had this one element in the report around uh, payroll not being a plug and play. Um, well, what do you mean by that? One of the things I saw this time around was just that many buyers weren't quite seeing the innovation and the sort of service reimagination that they might have thought. And I think some of that is because oftentimes firms will deploy these solutions and it's sort of a set it and forget it mentality by vendors, right? It's mm -hmm. like, well, it's operating well. If we're hitting the, you know, we're, we're hitting the SLAs and things are green, then we must be fine. 
And the reality of it is, is more, there's a lot more often to these managed service arrangements, whether it's payroll or otherwise, below the surface of the SLAs and the KPIs. And so I think what happens is, or that comment came from the fact that I think that you have to, firms have to get out of this business of, of, of set it and forget it, right? It has to be, yeah, we're, we're setting it now at this stage, but what is mm -hmm. the next stage and the next stage and the next stage? Because if you're not continually evolving, you're kind of, you know, that transformation is almost moment in time and it's, it's only going to last for so long. Yeah. And does that strike you as something new in the market as well? This idea that continuous improvement has to be part of our payroll deployment plan or just there's, there's a better appreciation for it now? Yeah, I, I just think that's the expectation of buyers now is that, look, we're looking to you as the managed service provider, the experts, right? The best mm -hmm. in class sort of operating model. You know, this is your core business provider. Show me what I don't know, right? Um, you know, one of the things I used to see a lot when I was a consultant uh, prior to being an analyst was, you know, you'd see executives say, well, tell me what my competitor is doing. Tell me what I should be doing to be mm -hmm. like fill in the yeah. blank competitor, whatever their, their aspiration was. Uh, show me where they've done this, right? And that's that's key. And I think that's what buyers are looking for. They're saying, hey, here's my problem. How have you solved this problem before for others? You must have, right? You must have seen it as experts. Help us help us take this forward. And, and it has to continue to live, I think, the transformation. It can't be sort of set it and forget it, right? It's got to be something that you uh, are constantly reevaluating, constantly improving, you know, 1% better every day, so to speak. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up buyer expectations too. I, I just want to talk a little bit about how those have changed, right? There was an element in the report around integration. I think mm -hmm. the stat was some 40% of buyers indicated that they're either not using integrations, not needing it. Some of them didn't even know their vendor provides an integration maybe between their host system. So how have buyer expectations changed when it comes to both data integrity, integration analytics, and user experience that you that you highlighted in the report. That was uh, interesting to me. 40% said, you know, that the, that the integration just wasn't adequate, right? It wasn't meeting their needs. And I think in most cases it was not connecting to systems they had preferred it would. Mm -hmm. um, and that could be, that could be by our fault. That could be their, you know, the vendor not offering it. It, it just depends. We, we didn't necessarily get deep, deep in some of those uh, details, but I think that says that, that I think that what tells me is that not all integrations are created equal fundamentally. And that the reality of it is, is that I think you have to, as a buyer, really push on all of those things that you talked about, right? The user experience, the report, mm -hmm. the, the integration, how is this going to flow? Because fundamentally without the, without, you know, I like to call it glue, but it's more like arteries, right? With, with the integrations today, they really are the seamless connection points between system and system that are going to give that single field to the employee using the system that's going to let the data flow well so that you do have good quality data access. Um, so I think those things, you know, integration, particularly for, for um, the user experience, the data, and fundamentally for global payroll is absolutely critical. And, that, and those pieces, I think, uh, I hope buyers are, are pushing harder on as they're going out there and making mm -hmm. those decisions. Do you think, you know, there's, there's a lot of talk about changes that COVID's brought to the forefront. Mm -hmm. um, and some of those changes are here to stay and some, you know, TBD, right? So yeah. do you think some of the changes you've highlighted in the report are here to stay? And, and if so, why? Yeah, I, I do. I think this push for digitalization is going to continue, whether you're talking about payroll or you're talking about whatever, right? I mean, even our own personal, even during COVID, I've noticed when I run to the grocery store, there's a lot more options for touchless payments. There's a lot more mm -hmm. uh, self-serve. There's right. I think many of those things are going to stay, right? And um, I think as we go, as we go forward, 
you know, payroll, payroll has been way behind for a long time. It's not as digital or as automated as it can be. And the great part is, is that we're seeing just an, a massive influx by buyers um, and, 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 and firms outside wanting to invest in, in, in payroll. And that, that's bringing about a lot of, a lot of opportunities and a lot of, a lot of innovation that I think is going to continue to keep a lot of these things around like your digital payment solutions. Um, you know, that's something that we saw really struggle firms really struggled with, right. Getting money around to their, to their employees. And so now with a number of the, you know, the digital solutions that you have out there, whether it's a, you know, a PayPal or even um, a Venmo type of thing, allowing employees to take payments through that, or even offering them the on-demand pay access, um, I think you're, are the types of things that are going to continue to come about and continue to evolve. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk for a long time by vendors in every HR space, right, about the future of work. And the reality of it is, I think it was already here and it got put to the test and, you know, it, and it really, it really proved out a lot of the use cases and, and the things that I think vendors were trying to convince firms they needed to adopt and be a part of uh, cloud, mobile, on demand, all those mm -hmm. things I think were really important. So I think they're going to continue. Um, and, and what we notice is that the acceleration of transformation projects is, is certainly there. And I think that's only going to continue because, it, it, you know, if not, you're not going to be competitive. You're not going to be able to de-risk. Um, and it's going to really cause a lot of further angst uh, as we go ahead. COVID is not the last piece of volatility we're going to face. I think it's, it's really interesting considering all of the transformational elements that it kind of happened across functions even before COVID, has somehow escaped payroll, right? Payroll's been resistant to change across so many cycles that the fact that COVID's created some of this momentum around digital transformation that you think is going to be here to stay is encouraging. Mm -hmm. I remember McKinsey did a report, or maybe it was a survey late last year, that basically said, look, in just a few months during the pandemic, we've seen about five years of change come our way oh, yeah. and companies across all sectors and all businesses and business functions are starting to embrace that change. And COVID's had kind of a remarkable way of accelerating mm -hmm. digital adoption. So we've talked a little bit about the buyers, but a lot of the change that's been brought to this space and to the HCM space in general has actually been a product of what the employees asking of the organization and what they're expecting. Mm -hmm. So we talked about buyers and practitioners. What are you seeing from employees themselves? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. You know, employees are, are really the, 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 at the end of the day, driving a lot of, a lot of what we see, right? The demand for, hey, I want, I want to be able to do the things in my personal life, or excuse me, in my work life that I'm, that I'm able to do in my personal life, right? So if I'm able to pull out my phone and, and, and order food or buy a flight, or get a car to come pick me up, right? That why can't I do that with 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 HR? Why can't I open up my mobile phone and get my payslip or take a day off or all of these things, right? And I think you're right. It's become sort of you know that that whole uh, we, we've heard the saying Flintstones at work and and Jetsons at home, and those two things are really coming together um, and bringing bringing that that experience. And I think what else you're seeing too is just you know the, the on demand. We talked about that, right? The ability to to do what I want as I need to do it in the, in the moment, in the journey, right? As it, as it's real time uh, is really critical. And that, that takes tools and that takes modern, you know, modern digital, digital capabilities to do that. I also think that there's more, um, uh, you know, employees are smarter today, right? They, they ask better questions. They understand their data 
a bit better. They want to own their data. They want to own their mm -hmm. information. Um, and I think there, there is a certain amount of transparency that comes with payroll and compensation where you need to be able to give people access to information to A, make decisions for themselves, but B, also be fully comp you know, compliant and open about what you're doing uh, with their pay and, and how, how, where it's going and what's happening, right? And I think that they need to be able to access those things readily. They shouldn't have to call HR and wait two days to get a pay slip or, uh, you know, put in a ticket to, to get to get some sort of detail that they need to get a loan or something like that. They should be able to pull out their mobile mm -hmm. phone and just get it. And I think that that, that sort of on-demand, um, you know, uh, real-time sort of uh, environment is, is coming into to the workplace and it's becoming very much a standard now. Yeah, and I think we had a guest on the podcast just a couple of months ago that really also talked about how exciting this has made the payroll space because it's, it's really transformed what's expected of the payroll practitioner. Now, not just a person that needs to be really good at Excel and maybe some data manipulation, stakeholder alignment, understanding employee experience, change management, you know, and, and kind of not having an aversion to change in general. Um, it's really encouraging to see that the practitioner in the payroll space is going to have to be a lot more nimble and flexible and certainly more dynamic. It's a great opportunity for practitioners. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's, you know, it, 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 it touches me personally because I, I was a payroll practitioner in the past and I, you know, I, I grew up, that's how my career started and how I grew up was in payroll. So I have a deep understanding, respect, and, and just uh, admiration for, for what payroll practitioners do. And last year had to be, mm -hmm. I mean, to say that business continuity was put to the test, I think last year was the ultimate in payroll business continuity. And payroll, the practitioners stepped up and really did a fantastic job. So kudos to all of them. And I would agree. It's, it's, I say this often, and maybe it's cliche, but it is a very exciting time to be a payroll practitioner. The role is changing. It's becoming more strategic. It's becoming more analytic. It's, it's not the ticking and tying that it was. Um, and it's all due to these tools, right? All of these, all of these modern solutions that are coming into play. Analytics, um, again, mobile capability for employees to own and keep their data real and, and, and up to date uh, is really helping payroll to be more uh, of a partner to the business and less of this sort of, you know, just factory Back cutting checks. Yeah, down yeah. in the basement. I think that's the problem, right? I think for a long time, payroll was just sort of left to themselves, let it limp along, don't touch what isn't, you know, what isn't broken. And I, and I think, you know, we talked about earlier about not wanting to change. I don't think it's that they didn't want to change. I think it was, there was a fear, right? This fear of wow, mm -hmm. we, you know, payroll works. It took us a long time to get to where we are. Let's just leave it alone. We mm -hmm. can worry about everything else and payroll can do what it does. But that's just not good enough anymore. You, you just can't have, you know, you can't go and spend um, money on a Lexus for HR and then have this sort of thing connected that you're dragging along in payroll. It has to really, you know, have that same modern tool, same modern experience and really give the payroll practitioners the opportunity to use this incredibly valuable data that they have to come back to the business and support them in, in whatever they're trying to do from a strategic perspective. So absolutely agree. It's, it's such an exciting time. And I think that it's, it, practitioners should see this as, as relief, right? Help is on the way and innovation is coming to, to get this stuff uh, off these manual things off your plate and, and move you to a more um, modern you know, uh, operating environment. I want to pick up on two points you just brought up that I think are fascinating, just how organizations have fared during the pandemic. 
did you see any difference in how organizations fared either based on the model, the region, or, or how mature their payroll function was in relation to some of the adjoining functions? What, what are some things that came out when you, when you asked questions uh, around that? Yeah, absolutely. So, so, you know, throughout the year, I had an opportunity to speak to vendors, buyers, um, folks that were thinking about buying, folks that had already bought. Um, and what we found or what I, I anecdotally noticed was those that had a, a partner, a managed service partner, or had a very, mm -hmm. a very modern operating model, a cloud solution, you know, a single database, um, a good, a, a good uh, integration, um, you know, modern, modern capabilities like we've talked about so that data was real, was refreshed and was current. They had a much easier time accessing uh, the compliance related initiatives that came around to help. Right. So a lot of the PPP mm -hmm. loans we saw in the U.S., um, if you had a managed service provider, you had a lot of help interpreting that stuff. I, I don't know if you read any of them. I read a couple of the, uh, the, the forms and I was, I was literally scratching my head. I was like, I, I know I'm not a full time practitioner anymore, but man, this is really confusing. And so those that had help had help. Right. And they and they had a boost. They had a much faster uh, reaction time to getting to that information and ultimately tap those funds much quicker than those that didn't. Um, but from an operating model perspective, especially globally, I think those that had a more modern solution were in a better position to, to be able to move money, to be able to stay connected to their employees and be able to, to get at that data to do exactly the same thing uh, around the world and, and, and hopefully, you know, navigate this as, as nimbly as they possibly could. It's a really exciting time to be in the payroll space as well. So I, I hope our listeners and payroll practitioners in general um, are able to seize this opportunity. Uh, Pete, what else should we be excited about and looking forward to from Nelson Hall uh, later this year? What, what's on your docket for research? Yeah, so uh, so next up for me, I'm, I'm working on HCM technology. So I'm looking at all the major platforms. Um, I'm excited to be doing that. I think there's been a lot of progress, obviously, around the employees. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you've seen a ton of different acquisitions and little things happening that, that I think are really, really, really interesting. Um, and then after that, I'm going to go back uh, to our global employer of record report. I'll, I'll do that for the second time as well. I, I think I mentioned that as a, a key trend uh, service that's that's booming. And also, mm -hmm. I'm hoping to launch an earned wage access report on the on-demand pay space to really look at the providers and the solutions that are out there uh, after the first of the year. So we're hoping to kick that off and, uh, and, and that'll be our first one for that. So I'm really looking forward to that. Thanks for listening to part one of my conversation with Pete Teliakos. Tune in for part two to hear more about his new report.